Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1949 season. Uh, I've got something really different for us today. Uh, one of my listeners, Todd, decided to uh, create a promo for me, and he sent it to me, and it's it's wonderful. He does a ton of voices, just a fantastic job. And, uh, of course, in this promo, you'll find it's going to start asking for donations to my podcast, which is a really cool thing for him to, to create in this promo. Anyway, um, if you want to donate to the podcast, of course, uh, go to buckbenny.com, and then over on the right-hand side, scroll down a little bit, and you'll see links to uh, PayPal, where you can click and donate as much as you want through PayPal. And It's wonderful. The donations really help the podcast. Um, we've upgraded... Uh, the amount of space we have, the amount of bandwidth, so we should not run out of bandwidth this year at all. But I certainly need uh, donations coming in to help me uh, pay for for the added bandwidth and everything. So if you can do that, that's fantastic. Anyway, here's Todd with his uh, great promo podcast uh, leading into our episode. Today's episode focuses on Dawn a little bit. But anyway, here you go. By the way, thanks, Todd. <laughs> Gee, it's a, a beautiful day. The sun is shining, the air is clear, and Buck Benny just played another one of my radio programs on his podcast. I'm really enjoying hearing those old broadcasts. Oh, Rochester, someone's at the door. Rochester? Oh, where could he be? I'll, I'll get it myself. Stan, what are you doing here? Hello, Jack. I came over to tell you how much I'm enjoying listening to your radio broadcasts. You're listening to Buck Benny's podcast? I certainly am. Ollie bought me an iPhone for my birthday. It's actually three phones in one. Three in one? Yes, it's a me, myself, and iPhone. Now cut that out. Listen, Stan, I would love to chat with you, but I've got some really important phone calls to make. Oh, in that case, I'll be going. I'm sorry. Goodbye. Goodbye, Stan. Imagine that. Stan and Owlie with an iPhone. Now let's see. Who do I want to call first? Who would be a good one to start out with? Oh, I got an idea. I'll call Jimmy. Hello, this is this is uh, Jimmy. Hello, Jimmy. This is Jack. Jimmy, are you there? I I I'm I'm here, Jack. Now, listen. I I paid you back that five dollars I borrowed months ago. No, Jimmy, that's not why I called. Are Are you familiar with Buck Benny's podcasts of my radio shows? Uh, no, 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 can't say that I am. Uh, no, let me get this straight. This buck fellow wears a, a cast, and it's made from a pot? No, Jimmy, it's all part of the new technology. The podcasts deliver my old radio shows to a whole new audience of listeners. But it costs money to keep them going, and I was wondering if you would be willing to, to you know, to, to help with a, a donation. Wow, wow, well, Jack, I have to admit that you, you've had some pr pretty terrific shows over the years, and 
And, and well, if a, if a new audience can hear them, why, why, why not? I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do, Jack. I'll, I'll send in a check, and, and I assume that you're going to be doing the, the, the same thing. Right, Jack? Jack, are you there? Jimmy, how would it look for the star of the show to be donating to his own cause? But I really appreciate your check. Thanks a lot, Jimmy. I I gotta run. Gee, that 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 Jimmy's such a swell guy. Now now who's next? Okay, I know who I can call. Yeah, I wonder if he's home. Hello? Bogey? Oh yes, this is Bogey. Hi, it's Jack. Well, hello, Jack. I'm calling you about Buck Benny's podcast. Are you familiar with them? Well, as a matter of fact, I am. I've become quite fond of listening each and every week. That's great. Well, as you probably could guess, it costs money to put those out, and Buck could really use some financial help. Enough said, Jack. I've saved up some extra cash I discovered in the Sierra Madres years ago. Maybe today or maybe tomorrow, but you can count on me. Here's listening to you, Jack. Oh, thanks, Bogey. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Gee, things are going so well. I I wonder if I could get one more call in. Let me try this one. Wonder. Yeah, maybe maybe he's home. Hello, Carrie. It's Jack. Hello, Jack. How are you doing? I'm great, Carrie, but I, I need a favor. Buck Benny is doing podcasts of my radio shows, and he needs some donations for more bandwidth. Bandwidth? You mean he's trying to fatten up the band? No, no, it's a technical term, and I don't understand it all. The bottom line is that he would be able to continue playing my shows to a whole new generation of listeners. I'm beginning to get the idea. Buck's a wonderful guy. He works hard on these broadcasts from his home in Washington State. Washington? Why didn't you say so earlier? I love that region of the country. When I travel, I always go north by northwest. You can count on me, Jack. Great. I'll, I'll stop by and pick up your check tomorrow. So long, Carrie. Well, that does it. I'm three for three. Now, who could that be? Stan, what are you doing back here? I was outside, and I couldn't help overhearing that sh that you need help for the podcast. Oh, so you you want to make a, a donation? I certainly do. Here you go. Stan, these are a bunch of pea pods. Yes, and I picked them from Ollie's garden. Now, tomorrow I can bring more by. How many pods do you need? Stan, these aren't the right kind of pods. They're, they're different than these. Besides that, we need cash donations. Well, I'm sorry, Jack. I thought that the more pods you had, the better. I didn't mean anything. Hey, Stan, it's okay. I'll just settle down. You, you better run along. And, oh, you can just leave the pods. Uh, Rochester and I will have those for dinner. Well, folks, thanks for supporting Buck Benny's podcast and his broadcast. They're just wonderful. And we'll talk to you again real soon. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. 
feeling low, feeling tense. These eight words are common sense. Smoke a lucky to feel your level best. Smoke a lucky to feel your level best. Your level best. That's just how you'll feel when you light up a lucky because Lucky's fine tobacco picks you up when you're low, calms you down when you're tense. Put you on the right level to feel and do your level best. It's important to know that fine tobacco can do this for you. And LSMFT, LSMFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, mild, ripe, light tobacco that makes a grand smoke. Next time you buy cigarettes, remember, Lucky's fine tobacco picks you up when you're low, calms you down when you're tense. Put you on the lucky level where you feel your best and do your best. So smoke a lucky to feel your level best. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, Don Wilson, yours truly, Rochester. Gentlemen, very few things go on in Mr. Benny's house that I don't know about. Last Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock, Mr. Don Wilson came over to discuss his new contract with Mr. Benny. Five hours later, they were still at it in the den behind locked doors. Now look, uh, look, Don. I've given in to you on a lot of things. You have the right to do another show. I give you full credit on all our programs. You can take a two-week vacation each year. You even have the right to approve of the scripts. Now, what else could you possibly want? Money. <laughs> Don, Don, there are things much more important than money. Well, maybe so, Jack. Don, Don, no, wait a minute. You place too much importance on money. Don't you realize you can't take it with you? I know, but I'd like to finger a little of it while I'm here. <laughs> oh. Well, Don, everything else in the contract is satisfactory, isn't it? Well, everything except Clause 11. Clause 11? Yes. That's the one that says I'm not allowed to eat during the broadcast. Oh. Well, Don, I had that clause put in because of what happened a couple of weeks ago when you were eating a hamburger during the first part of the show. So what if I ate a hamburger? I did my commercial all right, didn't I? Yes, but your pear-shaped tones came out with onions on them. <laughs> Remember, you can't do your level best with mustard dripping on your vest. <laughs> so the no, the no eating clause stays in. Well, that's not important. That's not important. But what about the money? Don, I've made my final offer. You don't have to sign it now. I'll go out and leave you alone so you can think it over all by yourself. I don't know. Sometimes Don can be so stubborn that Say, I... Say, boss, boss. What is it, Rochester? Has he signed it yet? Not yet. You want me to heat up the Brandon irons? <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop being silly. Anyway, I'm using the hunger treatment on him. Uh, tell me, Rochester, were there any calls while I was in conference? Yeah, Miss Barbara Stanwyck called. She's having a big party Saturday night, and she wants you to be there. Good, good. Did she say white tie or black tie? White coat, you're going to park cars. <laughs> hmm. 
Well, Rasha, did you mention to Miss Tamwick that I'd be glad to play my violin for her guests? Oh, I always do. But she said they were going to have Yatsa Hyphus for that. Oh. Well, they probably would have had me, but Yasha can't park cars. <laughs> anyway, Rochester, I... Uh... Hello, hello. <laughs> ah, poor Polly. You still haven't gotten over your cold. Polly got a cold. <laughs> Gesundheit. You know, Rochester, it's your fault that Polly has this cold. You never should have let her out of the house last week. But, boss, how was I to know she'd try to hatch a snowball? Hatch a snowball. Hatch a snowball. <laughs> Gee, it's amazing. She got a cold in the head from that. <laughs> Well, I think I'll go back in the den and see if Don has made up his mind yet. Well, Don, have you decided to sign the contract yet at the salary I offered you? No, Jack, and I want to tell you something. Never in my life have I seen anyone quibble over such trivial amounts as you do. Your parsimony absolutely revolts me. I've got to tell you, Jack, that you are without a doubt the cheapest, most miserly man I ever met. Well... Don. Don, if you hate me, don't laugh like that. Don, never have I been... Never have I been hurt so by a friend. Now, how in the world can you say a thing like that about me? Because it's true. That's no excuse. Imagine talking like that about me. Not only have we been business associates, but I've been the best friend you've ever had. I've done more for you than anyone else. Just a minute, Jack. What have you ever done for me? Name one thing. All right, I will. How about during the war when you weren't getting enough food? Didn't I sell you Rochester's ration book? <laughs> didn't I? Jack, that ration book was for shoes. That didn't stop you. You ate them anyway. <laughs> and another thing. Rochester, will you answer the door? I'm getting it, boss. Mm, they're sure going after it hot and heavy. Hello, Rochester. Oh, hello, Miss Livingston. Come on in. The boss is in the den with Mr. Wilson. Uh, business or pleasure? Business for Mr. Wilson, pleasure for Mr. Benny. <laughs> oh, then they must be discussing Don's new contract. Yes, ma'am, and they've been in there for over five hours. Gee, Don must be tough. I remember when Dennis came over to talk about his new contract, he was out in just 20 minutes. Yes, lawyer sprung him with a writ of habeas corpus. <laughs> Oh, Rochester. Well, anyway, maybe Mr. Wilson will be out in a few minutes. I doubt it. It's hard to spring that much corpus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just wait here for Jack. Wait for Jack. Wait for Jack. Oh, hello, Polly. Polly want a cracker? Polly want a Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I forgot. Well, don't worry, Polly. You'll be better in a few days. Oh, hello, Jack. I wanted to... Uh, just, uh, just a minute, Mary. Now, what were you saying, Mary? Uh, nothing. Uh, may I say hello to Don now, or visiting hours over? Well, Mary, I only locked the door so that no one could disturb Don while he's thinking. How are you? Oh, 
fine, Jack, fine. That's I good. just did a little shopping. I bought myself a new evening gown. A new evening gown, huh? What color? Well, it isn't a solid color. It's something brand new in the latest style out here in California. It's pure white with yellow spots. White with yellow spots? Mm-hmm. It represents a Nord tree peeping through a snowdrift. <laughs> That's orange. Orange tree. Oh, but you know, Jack, it's really a beautiful gown, and it has such a low neckline. Gee, then the dresses must be skimpier than ever. Last season's necklines were so low. Gee, I imagine next year... Stop thinking about it, Jack. Your little blue eyes are popping out. Yeah. By the way, Mary, how come you bought a new evening gown? For Barbara Stanwyck's party Saturday night. Barbara Stanwyck is having a party? Yes, a real swank affair. Everybody will be there. Really? Yes, Barbara told me they were having so many guests, they even hired a man to park cars. No kidding. Don't act innocent. I was the one who recommended you. <laughs> recommended you, recommended you. Oh, stop imitating Ronald Coleman. All right, all right. Now, excuse me, Mary. I want to go in the den and talk to Don for a minute. Well, have you signed the contract yet, Don? No, Jack, not yet. Well, I'll go out again let you think about it some more. No, I can't think. I've been locked here since early morning. I haven't eaten for hours. I'm starved. Hungry? Well, look, Don. All you have to do is sign the contract and go out for lunch and get a nice thick steak. A uh, steak? Yes. A thick, juicy sirloin covered with mushrooms. Jack, please. And on the side, a big baked Idaho potato dripping with butter. Please, Jack. And nestling all around the lovely steak will be golden brown French fried onions. And for dessert, for dessert, you can have pie a la mode, covered with Stop whipped it. cream. Stop it! Stop it! Well, look, Don, I'll leave you here in the den to think it over. I'll be back soon. Not yet. He's sure tough this time. Yeah, look, Rochester, go in the kitchen, put some coffee on, start frying some bacon, and blow the fumes toward the den. <laughs> oh, boss, you rascal, you! <laughs> Never mind, just go do it. And make a hamburger for me. I want to eat it in front of him. Jack, what are you up to now? Nothing, nothing. Say, Mary, I'm going to have to do something about a commercial for the show. Don didn't bring the sportsman over. Oh, yes, is it, Jack? They're out at the pool. The pool, swimming? No, ice skating. They are? Oh, yes, my pool is still frozen. I'll go out and talk to him. Gee, just look at them skating. Hey, fellas! Fellas! Lucky, 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 lucky,
Wonderful number, boys, and it'll be... Uh-oh, the sun's coming out, and the ice is starting to... There goes the tenor. <laughs> oh, well, I'll fish him out later. Say, Mary, would you... Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, Mr. Benny. I just got back in town a few minutes ago. Yes, Jack. Dan Dennis was just telling me that he was up at Big Bear for the winter sport. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I went up there with my mother and father. First, my father didn't want to go, but my mother made him. Why, well, I thought your mother and father were mad at each other. Why would she make him go? She heard the snow up there was six feet deep. My father's only five feet four. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What happened to your father? Nothing. He was wearing elevator shoes. <laughs> now, Dennis, stop making up those crazy things. Okay. Kid. Say, Dennis, while you were up in the snow, did you do any tobogganing? Yeah, I went down the toboggan slide four times and it was awful. What people see in that ride, I'll never know. Why? What happened? I got my face all cut up and my knees scraped, too. Well, Dennis, maybe you didn't know how to steer your sled. Oh, sled! <laughs> Dennis, you, meant, you mean you went down the toboggan slide without a sled? Yeah, the On other, your stomach? The other side hurt from ice skating. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. Now, look, kid, what'd you come over here for anyway? To tell you the song I picked for Sunday's show. Oh. It's Here I'll Stay, and I'm going to sing it at Barbara Stanwyck's party on Saturday night, too. Oh, are you going to entertain at Barbara's party, Dennis? Oh, no, I'm just a guest. The real entertainer will be Yasha Heifetz. Yasha Heifetz. A lot of help he'll be at the party. I bet he hasn't even got a driver's license. <laughs> will I see you at the party, Mr. Benny? You sure will, kid. He'll be wearing top hat, white coat, and flashlight. Yeah. Gee, this is amazing. For once, I don't understand them. <laughs> Never mind, Dennis. Just let me hear your song. Yes, sir. Oh, just a second, Dennis. Um, what time is it, Jack? It's 10 to 3, Mary. Why? Well, I've got an appointment at my dentist's office to have my teeth cleaned, and I don't want to be late. You go to a dentist just to have your teeth cleaned? Why don't you do what I do? Well, I tried it, Jack, but I can't stand the taste of soil off. <laughs> Mary, go ahead and sing, will you, kid? Okay.
I can find loving you and so here I'll stay for that land is a sandy illusion it's the theme of a dream gone astray That was a wonderful song, but when you do it on the program, you ought to sing the verse a little faster so that you can retard the second chorus, and then the orchestra can come to a crescendo when... He left, Jack. Oh. <laughs> and I think I'd better go, too. I don't want to be late for my dental appointment. All right. Say, look, Mary, I've got nothing to do till dinner. Would you like me to drive you over? Oh, sure. My appointment won't take long. Good. Then maybe we can take in a movie, too. Uh, but, Jack, what about Don Wilson and his contract? Oh, yes. Oh, Rochester! Rochester! Yes, sir? Here's the key. When Mr. Wilson starts screaming for food, throw him a fountain pen. <laughs> Come on, Mary, let's go. Mary, which office is your dentist in? Oh, he's way down at the end of the hall. Oh. Say, Mary, look at those signs in the office, on the office doors. Dr. Larson, gone to the inauguration. Dr. Williamson, gone to the inauguration. Dr. Leroy, gone to the inauguration. Say, Mary, maybe your doctor won't be in. Oh, yes, he will. He's a Republican. <laughs> oh. uh, there's my dentist's office right across the hall. Say, Mary, as long as I'm here, I think I'll have the dentist look at my teeth, too. I haven't had them checked in a long time. Oh, that's a good idea. May I help you people? Uh, yes, nurse. I have an appointment with Dr. Leland. I'm Mary Livingston. Oh, you're just in time. Go right in the first office on your left. Thank you. Uh, miss, while I'm here, uh, I want to find out about my teeth. Yes, sir. When did you leave them? <laughs> no, no. I'd like Dr. Leland to examine them. Well, Dr. Leland has no appointments open. However, Dr. Nelson has a cancellation. I'm sure he can take you. Good, good. I'll uh, have to get some information first. Your name? Jack Benny. Occupation? Violinist. <laughs> really? Concert or stage? A parking lots. I mean, really. <laughs> I'm on, um, I'm on, uh, I'm on radio now. Your age, please. Well, uh, how old uh, would you guess me to be? 28. Well, I'm, I'm really a little older than that. <laughs> uh, guess again. 54. <laughs> For your information, I happen to be 39. Oh. Well, Mr. Benny, the doctor's office is through the door over there. You may go right in. Thank you. 
Oh, doctor. Doctor. How do you do? <laughs> hmm. Look, uh, uh... Look, doctor, hey, I... Don't tell me. You have a toothache. No, no, no. I only want you hey, to... Just sit down and leave the rest to me. But, doctor, all I want is... Doctor, why are you strapping me in the chair? Well, the last time I pulled a tooth, I yanked too hard and threw the patient out the window. Oh, my goodness. Did his tooth come out? All of me hit a fire plug. <laughs> now, look, doctor, I don't need an extraction. All I want you to do is examine my teeth. Uh, very well, very well. Open your mouth, please. Ah. Wider. Ah, ah. Wider, so I can look all the way back. Ah, uh, uh, well, I can see everything now. Doctor, doctor, do you have to... Stop talking, you're biting my ankles. <laughs> I, uh, I hope you'll forgive me, but i like to make a complete examination. Oh, well, are my teeth bad? No, but you better do something about that appendix. Appendix? Uh, now just hold still and I'll complete the examination. Oh, excuse me. Yes? Oh, doctor, Don Amici just called and he wants to know if you can clean his teeth this afternoon. Oh, does it have to be done this afternoon? Yes. Tonight he's going to a masquerade and he wants to go with the lighthouse. <laughs> well, all right. Tell Mr. Amici to come in this afternoon and lay out my dark glasses. Yes, sir. Oh, and by the way, nurse, send in my technician. I have to make an x-ray. Yes, doctor. Yeah, now, before my technician comes in, I just want to make one final check. Uh, open your mouth. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, doctor. Doctor, why are you spinning my pivot tooth? I used to be a disc jockey. <laughs> a disc jockey? And now I'd like to pull this next tooth for Sam, George, Milt Tack, and all the boys at Hickey's Bar. And happy birthday to Jeanette. <laughs> I'll cut that out. Look, I just came here for an examination. Hey, you That's... sent for me, doctor? Yes, I have a patient here who requires an x-ray. Oh, very well. You operate the camera, and I'll swing the chair around so you'll get a good picture. Wait a minute. This x-ray man of yours, does he take good pictures? Ooh, does he? <laughs> He's made several dental pictures. Perhaps you've seen them. They played all the neighborhood theaters. Dental pictures? Yeah. Sorry, wrong molar, mother wore braces, and that latest one with Jane Wyman, Johnny by Cuspid. Oh, for now, look, doctor, I haven't got all day. If your man is going to take this x-ray, let him take it. Yeah, well, I'm going to take the picture. He's going to direct it. What? Now, tilt your head back, Mr. Benny, and I'm cue. Open your mouth, raise your tongue, press it over toward your right cheek, smile. Now, wait a minute. What's going on Lights, here? camera, roll them. Doctor, don't move. We're trying for an Academy Award. <laughs> Look, all I wanted was a simple examination. That's all I, I have wanted. I had the picture, Doctor. I'll have it developed in a minute. Hey, good. Hey, Mr. Benny, while we're waiting, just sit back and relax. Thank goodness. Now, Doctor? Yes, now. She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. She'll be coming round Wait the mountain when what she comes. What is this, anyway? She'll Look, what's be coming this for? round the mountain Wait a minute. Coming round Wait a minute. Wait a minute! <laughs> Doctor, what is this? Yeah, our floor show, We Can't Afford magazine. <laughs> well, look, 
Make her keep quiet. Here are the results of the x-ray, doctor. Here, let me see. Oh, yes. A wonderful picture. It's too bad he wasn't bleeding. We could have got it in Technicolor. <laughs> doctor, what does it show? Hey, just a moment, just a moment. Hmm. According to this x-ray, you have an abscess. An abscess? Yes, it's sort of a pocket. Oh, it's nothing to be alarmed about. Finding a little pocket under a tooth is very common. Although yours is unusual. Why? It has money in it. <laughs> Look, doctor, if you think I'm going to stay in this now, chair... Now, now, settle down. It'll only take a minute. In nurse, grab the patient by the hair and hold his head back. Yes, doctor. Oops! Well, and grab him by the ears. <laughs> Doctor, I only came in here for an examination. Doctor, doctor, I want to have a word with you. Hey, excuse me, it's my technician. Really? Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, then you'd better help me. Nurse, hand me my forceps. Forceps. Novocaine. Novocaine. Needle. Needle. Swabs. Swabs. Burrs. Burrs. Straight chisel. Straight chisel. Saliva ejector. Saliva ejector. Drill. Drill. Coat. Coat. Hat. Hat. Umbrella. Umbrella. Doctor. Doctor, what are you doing? Our lease is up. We're moving. <laughs> what? Come on, nurse. Doctor. Doctor, let me out of this chair. Doctor Nelson. Ladies and gentlemen, an extra million dollars is needed to fight polio this year. The funds of the foundation were drained last year and taken care of an especially severe epidemic of infantile paralysis. We've got to replace those funds right now. So won't you please give something extra this year to the March of Dimes? Thank you. I'll, uh, I'll be back in just a moment, but first... Smoke a lucky to feel your love of best. Smoke a you see, Lucky's fine tobacco picks you up when you're low, calms you down when you're tense. It's good to know that fine tobacco can do this for you, and that's why it's so important that you select and smoke the cigarette of fine tobacco Lucky Strike. For as every smoker knows, LSMFT, LSMFT, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Remember, more independent tobacco experts, auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen Smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. So when you choose your cigarette, remember that Lucky's fine tobacco puts you on the right level, the lucky level, where you feel your best and do your best. Feeling low. Feeling tense. These eight words are common sense. Smoke a Lucky. To feel your level best. Smoke a Lucky. To feel your level best. Ladies and gentlemen, with Don Wilson locked in Jack's den and Jack tied in the dentist chair, it's up to me to say, don't forget to listen in to the CBS Sunday lineup, which includes the Prudential Hour, Spike Jones, Jack Benny, Amos and Andy, Lum and Abner, and Sam Spade. Rochester, what a time I had. I spent the afternoon in a the, in the dentist chair. Well, we've been having a little excitement here, too. Oh, has Don Wilson signed the contract yet? Nobody ate four pens. Oh. Well, I'm going up and go to bed. 
Good night, Don. Be sure to listen to the Don Amici Show, Your Lucky Strike. And don't forget to hear Dennis Day in A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Good health to all from Rexall. It's Sunday, time for the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, presented by the makers of Rexall Drug Products and your Rexall Family Drugs. Good evening. This is your Rexall Family Druggist, taking a little time from behind the prescription counter this Sunday evening to speak for all 10,000 of us. The 10,000 independent druggists who have added the word Rexall to our own store names. You can always tell us by the orange and blue Rexall sign on our windows. The sign means that we carry the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company. They range all the way from aspirin to penicillin, and they're as fine and pure and dependable as science can make them. We independent druggists recommend them to our customers because we know you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. Now your Rexall family druggist brings you the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Sharp and his music, our special guest, Fred Allen, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. Last Thursday, Phil and Alice attended the President's inaugural ball in Washington, D.C. It was a very interesting day in the lives of the Harrises, so let's go back to Thursday. We find the Harris family in their hotel suite in Washington. Oh, girls, aren't you excited about being here in Washington? Not very. We could have more fun in sunny California. Yeah, the snow is much deeper back there. <laughs> what do you kids mean you ain't excited? This is a great honor. It ain't everybody that gets invited to the president's inaugural. Phil. Phil, the word is inaugural. I'm using the past imperfect gender. <laughs> no, you kids ought to be thrilled about visiting the capital of the United States. Why? Why? Why, Washington is famous for its historical landmarks. 
Where else can you see the Smithsonian Institute, the White House, the Lincoln Memorial, Grant's Tomb, and the George Washington Bridge? <laughs> Not to mention the Sphinx and the Eiffel Tower. Honey, look, you're confused, please. <laughs> Them are the places we saw in London. <laughs> now, let me educate the children, and you keep working on Indonesia. <laughs> Listen, girls... Now, this is very important. It's a very important place to visit, and you should appreciate it. Now, didn't you get a kick out of seeing the president being sworn in today? We were so far back in the crowd, we couldn't hear it. Well, you heard the speeches after I took care of things, didn't you? Yeah, you took care of things all right. I was never so embarrassed in my life. Why? What did I do that was so wrong? Nothing. Except when the president was making his accepted speech, you stood up and yelled, Louder, Clyde! We can't hear you! <laughs> Well, it looked like Clyde. <laughs> I didn't know it was the president. Well, I hope you act a little better at the ball tonight. By the way, it's almost five o'clock. You girls better run along while Daddy gets dressed. Hey, Alice. Sure is an honor to be invited to the most important affair of the year. You know, everybody just isn't invited. It's a selected group. Did you realize that we're going to be hobnobbing with the best people like senators and ambassadors and... Good morning, Philip. <laughs> While I'm in Washington, I'm going to have this guy repealed. <laughs> Better yet, I'm going to have his mother investigated. Why do you want to have my mother investigated? Having a child like you must be un-American. <laughs> Bill, stop picking on Willie. Well, honey, I thought you and I were going to be alone in Washington. Why did Willie have to tag along? After all, we're the ones who were invited to the ball. Well, that's what I dropped in to see you about, Philip. I have news that will make you very happy. Guess what the president gave me? 24 hours to get out of the country. <laughs> now, please, Philip. No, his office sent me an invitation to the ball tonight. Oh, you're going to the ball, Willie? Yes, Alice. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, Phil, aren't you happy? Glorioski. <laughs> Just a bundle of happiness. How'd you ever get an invitation anyway? Well, just went to see my congressman and he arranged it. It was as simple as that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, will you get lost books? Go over to the Smithsonian Institute and stand in a case, will you? I'll send for it. Please. You never seem to want me around. Philip, I'm beginning to think you don't like me. That's a nice beginning, Bernard. Keep working on it. Well, I don't care if you want me there or not, Philip. I'm going to the ball. Well, I'd better run now. I have to buy some black Lyle hose to wear with my full-dress suit. Goodbye. Black Lyle hose. The guy's too cheap to buy the right stuff for formal wear. What's wrong with black Lyle hose? Well, with a full-dress suit, you should wear the best, like me. What are you going to wear? Black and white argyles, of course. <laughs> Maybe with a clock in them, if I get lucky. Oh, that should look very dapper, especially with your yellow shoes. Yes. Phil, you'd better take your full-dress suit out of the trunk and get it ready. All right, all right. Now that I know Willie's going to be there, I almost don't feel like going. A square like that gets an invitation, and Frankie, a swell guy, and my best friend, don't. I don't know. I think your best friend is a little jealous. Frankie's mad because you're going, and he isn't. Don't be silly. Yeah, Remley ain't like that. He's the most... Coming! Frankie's never been jealous of anything I got. Even if he ain't going, he's going to be happy to know that I am. 
Oh, hiya, Frankie. I despise you. <laughs> now, wait a minute. What's the matter with you? To think you'd go to the ball without me. I've never been so hurt. Look, Frankie, I cried myself to sleep last night. <laughs> Believe me, kid, I'm sorry. My little blue eyes were pink this morning. <laughs> Your little blue eyes are pink every morning, and let's forget it. I tried to give an, get an invitation for you, Remley, but I couldn't. I was lucky to get an invitation for Alice and me. Alice? You mean you're taking that woman instead of me? <laughs> that woman happens to be my wife. That's the darnest excuse I ever heard of. <laughs> Why do you want to take Alice to the ball when you could take me? Why do I... Look, Remley. Hmm? Now, hold still just a minute. I'm waiting. Let me put it this way. If you were offered sparkling champagne, would you settle for a stale beer? <laughs> Your analogy is hardly apropos. <laughs> Curly, I never thought you'd let a woman come between us. I never thought Alice Bill, would... Bill, Bill, did you see that? Oh, hello, Frankie. <laughs> I said, hello, Frankie. Don't hello me, you invitation snatcher. <laughs> What brought that on? Oh, pay no attention to him, honey. He's just sore because he ain't going to the ball. Oh, I'm sorry about that, Frankie. I had my heart set on going. Now I'm not. Oh, <laughs> oh Frankie, don't take on so. Come here. Hmm? Come here. Now, look, if I give you a little kiss, will that make you feel better? I don't know. <laughs> Let's try it and see what happens. <laughs> okay, come here. Did that make you feel any better? I can't tell you. Try to get... All right, all right. <laughs> break it up, will you? Move back a little I'm bit. I'm still unhappy. I said break it up. Alice, you don't have to kiss him. Oh, but Phil, he's unhappy, and I'm just trying to cheer him up. Send him a joke book. <laughs> now, look, Alice, you better go into the bedroom and get dressed. I'm going to get my full dress suit out of the trunk. All right. See you later, Frankie. Okay. <laughs> hey, Remley. What? Oh, man, where do you get a load of me in that full dress suit? I'm a dream, kid. Oh, you're going to see a Rembrandt. Oh, when I get that soft stuff on, kid, I'm going to be hard to handle. Look, as soon as I get it out of the trunk, I'll show it to you. Do hurry. I can hardly wait. Yeah, it's right here on the hanger. It's really a... Oh, no. Oh, it slipped off. It's lying on the bottom of the... Oh, look at it. It's all crumpled up. I'm never going to be able to wear this like this. What am I going to do? I guess you just won't be able to go to the ball, Cinderella. <laughs> oh, look, it's too late to have it pressed now. I... Hey, wait a minute. Hmm? Hey, Alice brought an iron with her. Hmm? I can use that to press my own suit. Mm -hmm. Hey, Frankie, help me, will you? Look, I'll heat the iron and you take the suit in the bathroom and dampen it. All right, give me the suit. <laughs> Thing with my talent, I gotta be a valet. Hurry up, yet, right, will you? Right. Well, come on with us. Oh, Phil! Phil, have you seen my curling iron? Alice, how would I know where it is? What would I be doing with your curling iron? Well, I need it right away. Will you please look for it? I ain't got the time. Use mine. <laughs> hey, Remley, ain't you got that suit dampened yet? Yeah, yeah, I got it. Here it is. Well, let me have it so I can start pressing. Well, I better ring it out first. <laughs> What do you mean, ring it out? Ring it out. Like this. Oh, no. Oh, no, Remley. Oh, look at that suit. It's soaked. I told you just to dampen it. I did. How? I held it under the shower. Oh. No, Remley.
Dudley. I can't go to the ball in this waterlogged suit. Now, how am I going to explain this to the president? I'll get a fishbowl and put it over your head. <laughs> what for? You can tell him you're a deep sea diver going formal. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I ain't got no time for no jokes. Now, hand me that iron and I'll try to press it. Huh? I better pull you up, Curly. Your airline sprung a leak. <laughs> oh, why don't you stop with that? I'm never going to be able to press this suit. It's too soggy. There's no body to God, it. I don't get excited, Curly. I'll admit this is a problem, but like always, I have a solution. Well, solution me. Simple. Starch it. <laughs> Starch it, huh? Starch it. Starch it. That's it. Yeah, that might do it. Yeah, the laundry always uses starch in my shirts. Hey, look, Frankie, I haven't got much time. Look, call room service and get some starch while I take a shower. Okay. Uh, how much starch do you think I ought to get? One box? No, no, that's a pretty big suit. You better get two boxes. <laughs> Suit's awful wet. I better get three boxes. Well, hurry up, will you? I'm going to take my shower. Oh, boy, I can't wait for that ball tonight. No doubt the Prez will ask me to sing. Probably goes for that high-class stuff. I think I'll sing the bell song from Lotka. <laughs> no, 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 I got a tune. I got a tune you'll be crazy about. A preacher went out walking, t'was on one Sunday morn. It was against his religion, but he took that gun along. He shot himself some mighty fine quail and one little measly hare. But on his way returning home, he met a great big grizzly bear. Now the bear got down in the middle of the road on all fours like a great big toad and looked that preacher right square in the eye. And the preacher looked at him and said, bye-bye. The preacher got up, took out the run. The bear right after that preacher did come and he run and he run for about a mile. Then the preacher sat down and rested a while. The preacher got up, started again. Bear right after him with more vim, and he ran, and he ran till he spotted a tree set up on the limb, was the place for me. Bear reached up, made a grab for him, preacher leaped, and he made the limb, pulled himself up and turned about, cast his eyes to the skies, and he did shout, oh, Lord, you delivered Daniel from the lion's den, also delivered Jonah from the belly of the whale, and then the brute chilling from the fiery furnace of the good book, you declare, yes, Lord, if you can't help me, for goodness sake, don't help that bear. Now, just about then, that limb let go, and the preacher come tumbling down. Reached in his pocket, pulled his razor out just before he hit the ground. He hit the ground with an awful bang. It was a terrible sight. That preacher and the bear and a razor in his hair just to cut and left and right. Rolled around on the ground. The preacher was up and then he was down. The bear let out an awful moan. Looked like the preacher was holding his own. Said, if I get out of here alive with that good book, I will abide and I'll never sin on Sabbath day and Sunday. Come, I'll pray and pray to the heavens. He did glance, said, Lord, just give me one more chance for his suspenders gave away, and he knocked that bear ten feet away. Preacher got up, made a bound to the tree where he'd be safe and sound, pulled himself up and turned about, cast his eyes to the skies, and he did shout, Oh, Lord, you delivered Daniel from the lion's den. Also delivered Jonah from the belly of the whale, and then the blue children of the fiery furnace of the good book do declare, yes, Lord, if you can't help me, for goodness sakes, don't help that Hey, that was a nice, refreshing shower. Feel wonderful now. I wonder if Remley got that starch. Hey, Remley. Huh? Hey, did you get the starch? I not only got it, I put it in the suit and pressed it for you. Ah, oh, you're wonderful, you baby boy. You, I'll be right out. I'm just trying. 
Hey, I feel great. A shower. Yeah. It's exhilarating. Only thing to do with yeah, water. Yeah, it feels wonderful. Yeah. Where's my suit, Remley? Suit's right here. Yeah. Lay it on the table. I want to see how it, see what it looks like. Okay. There's your suit. <laughs> Frankie, what did you do to it? What's the matter? Is something wrong? Well, it looks like rigor mortis set in. <laughs> it's as hard as a rock. <laughs> yeah, but look at the way it holds a crease. <laughs> Besides, it ain't so hard. Then why did the pants shatter and the sleeves break off? <laughs> Lack of calcium. <laughs> Stop making with them things. Now, you see, I can't wear this thing. Why not? You'll attract attention. Get publicity. I'll get... <laughs> hey, you think so? Well, sure. I can see the headlines now. Bill Harris shows up at inaugural ball in a full-dress suit, stiff as a board. <laughs> Family, hmm? I got news for you. What? You did this on purpose. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Now, what am I going to do? I can't go to the ball without a full dress suit. Well, why don't you rent one? There ain't one left in town. Willie rented the last one yesterday. There ain't no place where you could go now. And... Willie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Willie. Yeah. Hey, hey, Remley, hmm? we could sneak into his room and lift it. Yeah. And if he don't have a suit, I could use his invitation. <laughs> Let's go, Penrod. Okay, Sam. Hey, Curly, you sure this is Willie's room? Certainly. Can't you tell? He would have it locked. <laughs> Feel awful silly climbing through the transom Get up like there this. And quiet. Right. Shh. Now, quiet now. Yeah. All right, all together. Let's jump down into the room. Let's go. Well, what these Republicans won't do to get a room in Washington. Hey, it's Fred Allen! Well, if it isn't Phil, don't put an olive in. It soaks up the good stuff, Harry. <laughs> Bill, what is the idea of coming into my room through the transom? Well, I'm sorry, Fred. Look, I don't mind you being a little high, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> Tell me, Phil, what are you doing in Washington? I was invited to the inaugural ball. Oh, the inaugural ball. <laughs> An ah left over from the oyster season last year. <laughs> Tell me, how, uh, how are things in California, Phil? Oh, they're great, Fred, great. Everything. Hey, that reminds me, the old man sent his regards. The uh, old man? Yeah, Jackson. You know, Jack Benny. Oh, is he still alive? <laughs> oh, that's right. Of course he is. I remember reading about the new business he started during the snowstorm out in Beverly Hills. What business? Well, Benny was putting butter on snowballs and selling them for oranges. Out there. <laughs> oh, hey, that's terrific, Fred. You got a sensational sense of humor, you think so, <laughs> hasn't he, Frankie? <laughs> I can take him or leave him. <laughs> Phil, Phil, who is this good humor man with the... Good humor man with the pistachio expression? 
Well, Fred, don't you know who this is? No, but there are only two kinds of people who look like that, Phil. Those with sour stomachs and sponsors. <laughs> no, 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 Fred. This is uh, Frankie Remley. Oh, how are you, Frankie? I'm all right. What's the matter with you? <laughs> well, nothing's the matter with me. Why? Are those bags under your eyes or you're breaking in a saddle for Roy Rogers? <laughs> Well, I, uh, I have a funny answer for that, but why should I give you an extra laugh on your show? <laughs> hey, cut, cut now. Don't you guys get the... Well, he Look, started we... it. He, no, he, but he, I know. He but... come over I the transport. Business. We got you know. business to do now. We got to get away from... so small, he'll go out through the keyhole, you know, if he starts. <laughs> no, but Fred, now look, he's a nice kid, and yes. we're looking for... Hey, Fred, maybe you can help me. Yeah. Have you got a full-dress suit or maybe a, a tuxedo you can lend me? Oh, you're a little too late, Phil. I had a tuxedo, but Portland loaned it to her uncle last week. Oh, Fred, I need one badly. Can you get it back from him? Well, I guess I could, but gosh, I'd hate to dig him up just for that, Phil. <laughs> See you later, Phil. So long, Fred. <laughs> I'd hate to dig him up just for that. Pretty cute, isn't it? <laughs> that Alan's a great guy. Ain't he, Frankie? Yeah, if you say so. <laughs> Come on, we gotta get Willie's invitation and dress suit. This time, pick the right room, will you? Well, look, Willie's room must be right on the other side of ours. I thought that it was... Oh, on... Phil, Phil, will you come in a minute? I want to ask you something. But look, Alice, I'm... In a... case they ask me to sing tonight, what do you think of this tune? <laughs> A secret, I've got a little secret. A secret, a secret, a secret kind of secret. I'm aching for to shout it to every daffodil and tell the world about it. In fact, I think I will. If this isn't love, the whole world is crazy. If this isn't love, I'm daft as a daisy With moons all around and cows jumping over There's something amiss and I'll eat my hat if this isn't love I'm feeling like the apple on top of William Tell. With this I cannot grapple because, because you're so adorable. If this isn't love, then winter is summer. If this isn't love, my heart needs a plumber. I'm swinging on stars. I'm riding on rainbows. I'm and I'll kiss your hand if this isn't love. Are you finished now, Alice? Yes. <laughs> Come on, Curly. Let's go get the suit and invitation before that certain party returns. <laughs> Thank you. 
Oh, Frankie, it ain't no use. This suit of Willie's don't fit me. I don't know. You got it on, didn't you? Yeah, just barely. But it's too tight. Look at the way these pants cling to my legs. How's it look, Remley? Very alluring. <laughs> looks like black underwear. Okay, I don't care what it looks like. I got my heart set on going to that ball, and I'm going. Hey, now that we found Willie's invitation, you're going too, huh? Yeah, I can... Wait a minute. I just happened to think I haven't got a full-dress suit either. Oh, kid, you're out of luck. Where could you possibly get one? I don't know, but I'm going to get one if I have to go through every transom in this hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. Well, come on, Curly. I'm in a hurry. Move faster. I can't. I keep telling you I can't. <laughs> Dress suit of Willie's is choking me all over. <laughs> if I make one sudden move, I'm going to split it. Well, stop waddling. You look ridiculous. Hi, Mr. Remley. I... Hey, Mr. Remley, where are you going with that penguin? <laughs> Wait a minute, smart guy. Ain't no penguin. Oh, it's Mr. Harris. What are you made up for? I'm going to the president's ball, and this is my full dress suit. This is a full dress suit? (laughs) Certainly. How do I look, kid? (laughs) Oh, brother, are you bow-legged? Curly ain't bow-legged. Just happens to have a well-turned ankle... All the way up to the knee. <laughs> well, maybe I am a, a little bow-legged. A little? You look like you're standing on a pair of ice tongues. Oh. <laughs> you got a lot of nerve making fun of me. You look a little baggy yourself. What do you got on under that overcoat? My full dress suit. My Uncle Hyman got me an invitation to the ball. <laughs> you're wearing a full dress suit? <laughs> <laughs> Curly, what do you think? <laughs> a little short. Mm. Maybe if you walk on your knees, you... <laughs> I mean, it's right. Worth a try. Maybe we can make it. Julia, stand still. Hey, you guys, quit making... Hold <laughs> Think we can get away with this, Curly? We can try it. Let's get started. Over my dead body. <laughs> Grab him, Frankie. Got him. Get your All right, keep quiet, me, you quiet guys. Now. Quiet, a little slow music, Remy, yeah. while I disrobe this carry. Oh, pretty girl. Stop taking my coat off. Hold still, Julia. Back up a little bit. Give me back my uh, pants. Give me up. Fellas, there's a big crowd here waiting to get into the ball. Yeah. Hey, Frankie. Huh? I feel silly wearing Willie's full dress suit. It's so tight I can't bend over. What are you kicking about? Julius is even smaller on me. You look pretty good, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a dog. At least we got into the ball. We can keep our overcoats on till we get inside and nobody ain't gonna notice us in the crowd. Fellas, why are you both walking so funny? You've been acting so strange ever since we left the hotel. What do you mean, strange? Well, it's the first time I ever saw two guys ride in a taxi standing up. <laughs> I don't know what's the matter oh, with you. Uh, I'm on the reception committee. I'd like you to come over and meet the Secretary of the Interior. Oh, oh, it's a pleasure. My husband and I will be honored to meet him. Oh, by the way, this is my husband. How do you do, Mr. Fay? 
<laughs> just, just follow me, please. Oh, gee, Phil, this is thrilling. Just think, we're meeting the Secretary of the Interior. Oh, gee, gosh, I'm so flushed I... Oh, Phil, I dropped my glove. I'll get him, honey. Hurry, go! Oh, no! Oh, no, my suit. This would happen just when I'm going to meet a cabinet member. Meet him anyway, Curly. I can't wait to see this. Oh, see what? The Secretary of the Interior meeting the Secretary of the Exterior. <laughs> my arm, Alice. Shall we go in? Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. But right now, here's your Rexall family druggist. The other day, one of my favorite customers came into the store, and she seemed in a bit of a hurry. Can you wait on me right away? Today's wash day, and I've got to get right back to the house. I wonder how you'd feel if you had a wash day that lasted a solid week. Oh, heaven forbid. Whatever made you think of that? Well, you just happened to remind me that one formula for Rexall's Pure Test Milk of Magnesia requires the product to be washed, often as long as a full week. Why do they go to all that trouble? So they can be sure it's pure enough to meet Rexall's standards. You know, every time you tell me something like that, I'm thankful all over again that you started me using Rexall products. Well, believe me, it makes us independent Rexall druggists feel good, too, when we stop to remember that every one of the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company get the same kind of patient, painstaking attention. And it makes us proud of the orange and blue Rexall sign in our windows that tells folks ours are the only stores where you can get those products. But the best part of all is the feeling of absolute confidence we have when we tell our customers you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. Hey, Curly. Too bad you didn't get into the ball. Wonderful affair. All right, all right. Don't rub it in. I planned on it for a long time, and I felt sure I was going to be at that president's inaugural ball. Oh, Phil. Phil, this telegram just came for you. Well, what does it say? Read it to me, honey. Well, just a minute now. It says, uh, it says, Dear Phil, don't feel too badly. I thought I was going to be there, too. Signed, Tom Dewey. <laughs> Part of Frankie Remley was played by Elliot Lewis, and Julius was played by Walter Tetley. Alice Fay appears to the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. This is Bill Foreman wishing good health to all from Rexall. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1938-1939 season. Tonight's episode is one that I did a podcast for, I guess, five years ago. And we'll be playing that podcast right after this one. I just thought I would come on, uh, since this episode is talking a little bit about the Encyclopedia Britannica, and I would share just a little bit more about it. Um, of course went to Wikipedia to find this information, which I often go to Wikipedia to get information. Um, it's interesting how 
uh, in this modern age. I think Wikipedia has definitely replaced the Encyclopedia Britannica as the go-to source for information. Uh, probably not as accurate as uh, Britannica, but in reading articles about the two, comparing them, I was surprised at, at the research that's gone into it and how uh, they find that Wikipedia is not that much more inaccurate than uh, than the Encyclopedia Britannica is. They both have uh, error rates of you know two or three factual errors per page and that sort of thing. It's kind of interesting. Anyway, uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica is the oldest uh, still published or still available. Um, continually published uh, encyclopedia available, which is amazing. Um, it actually started, the first edition was in 1768, and it was just a three-volume edition, and uh, it's been published continuously since then, uh, sometimes selling very well when the country's doing well, and when the country goes through recessions, it does, had, had not sold very well. And, of course, it depended on the tactics of the sales folks. If it was an aggressive sales force that they were using, aggressive tactics, they would sell a lot of copies. Um, but when the Internet came along, it really caused them problems. They sold their most copies ever. I think I was reading, I'm trying to remember what it was. I want to say it was 1991 or something like that. Uh, pretty much just a few years before the Internet really hit hard. And once uh, the internet hit, it was just a mess for the company to try and figure out how to still sell their um, all these encyclopedias when people could find a lot of the information online. They, uh, in 2010, they decided to halt selling the um, the actual print edition and just make an edition available online. I just went there today actually online to uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica page website and try and hunt around there for some information. I typed in Jack Benny and there's a little two paragraph article on Jack when on Wikipedia of course you get this gigantic article on Jack with subsections and all sorts of things. So it really is no comparison for pop culture. Wikipedia is uh, by far uh, surpasses what's available over on uh, Britannica's site. And Britannica, when I went over there, as soon as I typed in the search engine, immediately I got a pop-up window trying to sell me something. Uh, they are definitely supported by ads. Um, just not, for me, nearly as pleasant of an experience as going to Wikipedia. So, uh, And I believe Wikipedia right now is having their pledge drive, so if you use Wikipedia, um, make sure you donate some money to them. I, I did that this year, and I think I think for each of the last five years, I've donated some money to Wikipedia, just because I do use it in my podcasts, and I do think it's a, a source that a lot of us use for different things. We know that it's not always accurate, but boy, there's a lot of information <laughs> there. I'm wondering the number of articles the the number of articles like in the 2010 edition of um, the Encyclopedia Britannica, I believe, was like 699 articles. Um, I know Wikipedia has that just blasted out of the water. They have, I don't know, probably hundreds of thousands of articles. I'm not sure. It would be interesting to know that. Anyway, uh, I hope you enjoy 
this episode of the Jack Benny Show, uh, featuring a little bit of the Encyclopedia Britannica, and uh, it gives uh, Jack a chance to, to talk about it just a smidge. And uh, we'll be back. Tune in tomorrow. Um, I'll be talking about our poll results that we've had from our poll that we've done this week. Uh, it's been a lot of fun doing the poll. I've had over 300 people uh, log into the poll and, and take the poll uh, for which shows are our most popular. And we'll get all into those results tomorrow. So enjoy your weekend. Oh, and go Seahawks. They get to go to the Super Bowl in case I... I did mention that in one podcast at least. So I'm excited about the Super Bowl next weekend. I hope you are as well. Good luck to Denver. But um, I'm hoping with Harvin back in as one of our receivers, it'll confuse them enough that maybe we'll just get a win out of it. That would be awesome. We'll see you next time. Hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Sorry we've been off the air for a few days other than having the inaugural um, speeches and things that I've been posting. Uh, Just... We're running out of bandwidth and wanted to preserve the bandwidth as much as I could, so I didn't want to post too much. Um, I get new bandwidth here on the 25th, so hopefully <laughs> we'll survive until then. Uh, anyway, uh, today's um, episode, only Jack Benny can do an episode on the Encyclopedia Britannica. I always wonder if this one was uh, kind of a... Uh, Somebody was making a bet with him that he couldn't do it or something, uh, <laughs> dared him to do it. But, uh, it, so it's, it's, it'll be a fun episode for you. Um, he doesn't spend too much time on it really on the, on the Britannica piece, but it's mentioned anyway. Uh, upcoming episodes, we've got the coming of Carmichael. We have the, po- Carmichael the polar bear, of course. Um, We've got uh, the Benny Allen feud flares up again, and a famous episode of um, with a sparring match between Jack Benny and uh, Rochester that became quite a controversy, I guess, at the time. I'm going to try and read you some out of uh, what Jack had written about that situation in that episode when that episode comes up here in the next few weeks. Hope you'll join us. the Tuesday episodes of Best of Benny, I'm going to be changing the format a little bit of that because we're at some of his very best episodes um, in, that are from 1937, and I think I'm, I'm going to just start airing those episodes in sequence like I do these episodes of, of 39 and on uh, Sunday the, f- the episodes from 49, uh, just because... They're so good. They're all good. So, I guess they're all the best of Benny. So, so changing that format a little bit. Join us next week for that first episode in that um, series that'll be, I guess, exactly like seventy-two years old or something like that. Anyway, have a great week, and see you here again tomorrow for Phil Harris. Going to be starting Fibber McGee and Molly tomorrow on Fridays. I think you'll enjoy that, and. Uh, Have a great, fantastic, ultra, wonderful week. J-E-L-L-O The Jell-O Program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Kenny Baker, and yours truly, Don Wilson. The orchestra opens the program with This Is It.
You know, it's always quite a compliment to say that somebody is a good mixer. Well, that's just what Jell-O is, for Jell-O combines perfectly with every sort of fresh and canned fruit, and that's a swell idea for right now to brighten up wintertime menus. Perhaps a game old of orange Jell-O with canned apricots inside. Maybe rich red strawberry Jell-O combined with sliced fresh oranges. Or delicious cherry Jell-O arranged in shining layers with sliced bananas and canned cherries. There are dozens of combinations to choose from, and they're all grand. For Jell-O brings you that wonderful extra-rich fruit flavor, so tempting and good it rivals the taste of the real ripe fruit. And Jell-O's clear glowing colors look so lovely with the fruits held shimmering inside. So give your family some of these delicious Jell-O combinations soon. But be sure to make them with genuine Jell-O if you want to enjoy Jell-O's extra-rich fruit flavor. Look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O. it played by the orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you a man who used to be a beautiful baby, Jack Benny. Thank you. Hello again. This is Jack Benny talking. And Don, I like that uh, beautiful baby introduction. Was that just a lucky guess or did you have authentic information? Well, Jack, when I was over to your house for dinner the other night, I took a peek at that old family album of yours. Oh, God. And I must say, you were a gorgeous infant. Were you really so good-looking? Well, I don't want to sound foolish or anything like that, but for the first 17 months of my life, I was a length ahead of Robert Taylor. <laughs> In fact, I won four blue diapers. <laughs> I could imagine and you know, Jack, one thing that impressed me very much about your baby pictures, you were always laughing and giggling. What made you so happy? Well, Don, my nurse used to slap me a lot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Say, I bet you were quite a healthy-looking kid yourself, weren't you? Well, Jack, I... Yeah, I can just see you as a baby, Don, bouncing your mother on your knee. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, I'd like to be a baby again. Gee, I really shouldn't keep talking like this, but yeah, I was about the cutest little Dickens in Waukegan. In fact, people from all around used to come to my father's meat market just to see me. Meat market? Why, I thought your father ran a clothing store. Well, Don, it was a combination meat market and clothing store, you know. On Saturdays, we used to have a special, a pound of hamburger with two pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it went over very big. Say, that's quite a novelty. A combination meat market and clothing store. Yeah, we used to sell legs of lamb with garters on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those were the days, believe me. You know, I remember one time when I was only... Hello, Jack. What are you talking about? Me. Oh, that again. See you later. Mary, come back here. It's not my fault. Don just happened to mention that he saw my family album and that I was a beautiful child. You beautiful? Yes, I was. Not only that, I developed very quickly. Why, when I was only three months old, I had four lovely teeth. Well, you're right back where you started from. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Now, listen, Mary, I have a full set of teeth right now. And with the exception of a little argument I had with a cab driver in Toledo, they're all my own. Go on, you've got more bridges than San Francisco. Oh, running down San Francisco, huh? <laughs> That's the trouble with you Los Angeles girls. <laughs> Jack, did I hear you say that you had an argument with a cab driver in Toledo? Yes, but of course that was years ago. What was the fight all about? Oh, nothing. He just happened to say something I didn't like, and he hit me. <laughs> Otherwise, Toledo was lovely. Say, Don, when you were looking through that album, did you see the picture of Jack's uncle on the big white horse? Yes, I did. <laughs> that was my uncle Beaumont. There he is. And did you see the tree in back with the rope dangling from it and that big crowd of men standing around? <laughs> Mary, my uncle didn't steal that horse. That was just a scene from a Western movie he was making called The Code of the West. It wasn't a real hanging. <laughs> What are you laughing at? Just the same. He never saw the preview. <laughs> he did, too, and he was a fine actor. Say, Jack. Oh, hello, Kenny. I didn't see you. Oh, I was around here. I heard you telling everybody what a beautiful baby you were. Well, Don brought up the subject. I had never mentioned it. Have you got any cute baby pictures, Kenny? None where I'm facing the camera. <laughs> I wasn't a very pretty kid, but I was as smart as a whip. Smart? I'll bet you were. All right, you can laugh. Yeah. But when I was 12 years old, I recited the Gettysburg Address. At 12, what's clever about that? Could Lincoln do it? <laughs> All right, Kenny, we won't go into that. But if you were so smart at the age of 12, I'd like to know what happened to you in the meantime. So would I. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, Kenny, since your song, uh, sing your song now. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Don, where's Phil? Oh, he's around here somewhere. By the way, Jack, I don't know whether I ought to tell you this or not, but Phil's pretty sore about that crack you made last Sunday. What crack? Oh, you know, when you told him that if he didn't like it here, he could go out and get his own program. Oh, well, gee, Don, I was only kidding. I, I didn't mean anything by it. Well, Phil took it pretty seriously, and he said he's going to leave. Leave me? Why... Why, I made the guy. See, when I picked him up, he was demonstrating curlers in a drugstore window. <laughs> oh, I must talk to him. Sing, Kenny. Gee, people are so sensitive nowadays. You tell them to quit, and they quit. I can't understand. <laughs> love song for a penny see 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 just a penny serenade once i strayed neath the window of a lovely lovely lady and she smiled while I softly played a penny serenade In her eyes shone the tender dawn of love and sweet surrender 
As for me, in my heart I played a lover's serenade. See, 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 you can hear it for a penny. See, 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 just a penny serenade. See, 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 hear my love song for a penny. See, 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 just a penny serenade. In a dream so divine she was mine, no word had been spoken. When I woke from my dream, she was gone, my poor heart was broken. Still I That wherever she may be, she will remember In her heart, she will always hear my penny serenade Serenade sung by Kenny Baker, my favorite tenor. Say, uh, Kenny, did Phil happen to say anything further to you about doing his own program? Yes, he mentioned it. He did, huh? Well, what'd he tell you? Plenty, but I ain't no pigeonhole. <laughs> That's stool pigeon. <laughs> pigeonhole. Say, Mary, did Phil say anything to you about this wild scheme of his? Well, yes and no. What do you mean, yes or no? Yes, he told me, and no, I ain't gonna tell you. <laughs> anyway, I think Phil ought to be at least loyal enough to discuss it with me before he takes any definite steps. Hey, Jack, here comes Phil now. Oh, yeah. Oh, hello, Phil. Hiya, Jackson. How's the boy? Jackson? <laughs> you know, Phil, it's cute the way you call me that every week, you know? <laughs> Say, uh, what's this gag I hear about you getting your own program? It's not a gag. You and I have been fighting so much lately that I thought it'd be better to call it quits. Oh, that's silly. Silly nothing. You're just tough to get along with, and that's all. Who, me? Yes, you. You're always flying off the handle. I am not. I'm sweet and lovable. And you're always yelling and shouting at me. Shouting at you? And you're always losing your temper. Why, you baggy-eyed ingrate, I never lose my temper, and you know it. I love you, you rat. Oh, sure, sure. Now, you listen to me, Phil Harris. Gee, you think they were married. Keep out of this, Kenny Let's forget it, Jack You're just tough to work for And that's that Oh, I'm tough to work for Did you hear that, Mary? You think I was a regular Simon Legree? All you need is a whip I wasn't talking to you (laughs) Now look, Phil Look, I'm not begging you to stay on this program And get up off your knees (laughs) I'm not on my knees And I wish this was television So I could prove it Look, Phil, I'm not begging you to stay, but if you leave, you're making a serious mistake. All right, Jack, give me one reason why I should stick with you. Just one reason. Well, well, in the first place... Go ahead, give me one reason. Well, 
Well? Ladies and gentlemen, while Jack is thinking of one reason, why don't you run out to your nearest grocer and ask for a package of Jell-O? It comes in six delicious flavors, strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. Well, for one thing, Phil Harris... All right, come on. Why should I stick with you? Well, for one thing, we've got a contract. A fine contract. I supply the orchestra, and when people throw money at us, I have to split it with you. <laughs> well, how often does that happen? Maybe once in a fortnight. <laughs> And another thing... Oh, Jack, what are you beefing about? If Phil wants to go, let him go. Certainly. You can get Abe Lyman to take his place. Oh, that would be fine. Abe Lyman happens to be the cab driver that punched me in Toledo. <laughs> it's all I need. Jack, you know a lot about music. Now, why don't you form an orchestra of your own? Well, maybe I will. Say, I could organize a darn good swing band, believe me. If you do, I got a swell name for it. Never mind. What is it, Mary? Jack Benny and his cut rate 12. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Mary, I don't have to worry about getting a band together because Phil is only bluffing. Hmm. If he went out on his own, where would he get a sponsor? Don't worry about me. I've got a sponsor. Oh, you have, eh? Well, who is it? I mean, what's your product? Bixby's Bubblegum. <laughs> Bixby's Bubblegum? I never heard of it. Well, here, have a stick. Keep it. Hmm, bubble gum. That's not the only offer I had. I could have gone on the air for Macmillan's Corn Plasters. Corn Plasters? Yes, Corn Plasters. Well, that would be more your style. Half the time you're corny and the other half you're plaster. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> If you're smart, Phil, you'd stay right here on the Jell-O program. And I'll try and make life a little easier for you. And now, ladies and gentlemen... Pardon me. Come in. Well, the mayor of Van Nuys. Hello, Andy. Hiya, Buck! Woohoo! Well, Andy, it's nice seeing you. You don't get around here as often as you used to. Well, Buck, by the time I get through with the farm and the city hall and my love life, I'm pretty busy. <laughs> love, huh? Oh, so you're going in for a little romance, eh, Andy? Little nothing. She weighs 300 pounds. 300 pounds? Well, you never told me about her before. Say, she ought to make a nice wife for Andy, huh, Mary? Yeah, he can hitch her to the plow. <laughs> well, Andy, uh... Well, Andy, tell me, you're going to get married? Well, that's the reason I came down here, Buck. I'd like to ask your advice. Well, Andy, as long as you want my advice, all I can say is, if you love the girl, go right ahead and propose to her. Well, I have, but every time I do, she just looks at me and giggles. Giggles? And Pa thinks she's an idiot. <laughs> Oh, what is your maw thing? Ma, sir, Pa's a fine one to talk. <laughs> well, Andy, don't pay any attention to them. Just follow your own heart. Say, is this girl from Van Nuys? Yeah, she's in business out there. She's a plumber. <laughs> oh, a lady plumber. Oh, well, 300 pounds. Say, Andy, how do you manage to hold her on your lap? Well, my hired man sits alongside of me. <laughs> Well, Andy, all I can say is don't let anybody interfere with your happiness. If you love the girl, marry her. 
And I wish you a lot of luck. Uh, thanks, Buck. I feel better now. That's good. Hey, Andy, uh, stick around, will you? I'd like to talk to you after the program. Well, what about Phil? Well, it's a business proposition, and I don't want to discuss it in front of Jack. Now, Phil, you've got a number to play, so spit out your bubble gum and go to work. <laughs> okay, boss. Oh, Andy, how about coming over to my house tomorrow for dinner and bring your folks? Thanks, Buck. Is it all right if my girl comes along? Sure, Andy. Bring her to dinner, too. Why not? It's about time she lost some weight. <laughs> Quiet, Mary. I'm just trying to be nice. Play, Phil. Can't be loved played by smiling Phil Harris and his rhythm rascals. And Phil, that's what I call real clash. You know, that number had so much life and brilliance to it. Thanks, but I'm leaving just the same. <laughs> Phil, I wasn't trying to flatter you. That number was swell, and I felt I ought to give you and the boys credit. All of a sudden, the orchestra is good. <laughs> yeah, some obviousness. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Well, anyhow, to get on with our play, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, as I announced last week, we are going to present our version of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Hmm? Now, I will play the part of... Say, Buck, hmm? it's none of my business, but did you hear Fred Allen Wednesday night? Allen? No, Andy, I missed him again. Uh, tell me, what did my oriental friend have to say? <laughs> I mean, anything worth probing into? Oh, he hopped all over you, Buck. Yeah. He said he's going to push your spine so far down your pants you're going to walk like a tripod. <laughs> ha, ha, and poof. No kidding, Jack. Fred make you look like a nickel. Listen, Mary, he couldn't make me look like a nickel if my father was a buffalo. <laughs> he's nothing but a fake. Fake? Then how come he challenged you to a fight? That's a laugh. How can he fight? In the first place, he's terribly nearsighted. Nearsighted? Yes. 
I saw him at a party one night trying to make a date with a hall tree. I finally had to tell him that the umbrella stand was her little boy. <laughs> that guy. No kidding, Jack. Are Alan's eyes really that bad? Bad, Don. To him, Hedy Lamar is just a gorgeous blur. <laughs> I'd go in the ring with Alan anytime. Careful, he might hit you from memory. <laughs> Listen, Mary, he couldn't hit me if he put wheels on his wrist and they ran up to my nose on a track. <laughs> now, listen, fellas. Come here a minute, will you? I got a secret about Alan that I've been guarding for years. I never was going to mention it, but I'm so burned up that tonight I'm going to show you what a heel he really is. What do you mean, Jack? Well... In the first place, he ought to be the last one in the world to ever say anything against me. Why? Well, because 12 years ago, when we were in vaudeville together, I saved Fred Allen's life. That's why. You saved his life? Yes. Now, let's forget it. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Oh, no, you don't. It was, it was 12 years ago in Altoona, Pennsylvania. We were both, we were both on the same bill, Fred and I, at the Palace Theater. I'll never forget that night. Alan, who was then a juggler, was standing in the wings waiting to go on. And I, the headliner, stopped to give him a word of encouragement. Hello, Freddy. Hello, Mr. Benny. Oh, you can call me Jack. What's the matter? You seem a little nervous tonight, Freddy. Well, gee, Mr. Benny, it, uh, talking to a big star like you is quite a thrill for me. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> well, Freddy, Fink's mules are about through, so it's time for your act. <laughs> so go out on the stage and juggle those clubs. Gee, I wish I was a great comedian like you. Well, why don't you try telling some gags while you're out there juggling? Oh, I can never think of anything clever to say. You see, folks? <laughs> well, keep plugging, Freddy. You might get there one of these days. They're ready for your act now. Mm, that was his theme song, folks. Chinatown. Get it? My first trick, ladies and gentlemen, will be juggling three Indian clubs at the same time. Three clubs, some trick. There he goes, dropping him as usual. Darn it. We want Jack Benny. Yeah, bring on Benny. Altoona was one of my best towns, folks. <laughs> Gee, Alan is nervous. And now for my next trick, ladies and gentlemen, I will juggle three Indian clubs and a cannonball at the same time. Cannonball? I never saw him do this one before. Hey, that's pretty good. Oh! Good heavens! The cannonball dropped on Alan's foot. He's hurt badly. Ring down the curtain. Stand back, everybody. Give him air. What happened, mister? Can't you see he dropped a cannonball on his foot? Oh! oh. Don't worry, Freddy. I'll take you to the hospital at once. And you're gonna be all right. Well, folks... We finally got Alan to the hospital. And after I paid his entrance fee, which I never got back, <laughs> they took him to the operating room. 
And the doctor called me aside and said... Mr. Benny, I'm afraid this is serious. What do you mean, doctor? When that cannonball dropped on Alan's foot, it severed the femur and the anterior portion of the tibia. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> There's only one thing that can save him. What's that, doctor? I'll do anything. He must have a blood transfusion immediately. A blood transfusion? <laughs> Thank you. Well, doctor, all I can say is, this unfortunate young man is my friend. And if my blood can save his life, I am ready. So they took Alan to the operating room, placed my foot next to his, and the doctor said to the nurse, Are you ready for the transfusion, Miss Stewart? Yes, doctor. Then hand me that ice pick. <laughs> Wait a minute, don't I get an anesthetic for this? Yes. Oh, nurse, fan Mr. Benny with a herring. <laughs> if you do, I'll snap at it. Make it quick, doctor. Oh, doctor, doctor. Hurry, doc, please. Alan is sinking fast. All right. We'll just tap your vein here and attach a hose to it. Go ahead, doctor. I'm not afraid. Oh, I'm in awful pain now, folks. See what I went through for that mandarin? There we are. All right, Miss Stewart, open the valve and draw the blood. Yes, doctor. <laughs> My goodness. Here, take it easy, Doc. That's not ketchup, you know. And don't forget to wipe my windshield. All right, Miss Stewart, that's enough. Enough? I look like a bottle of milk now. But it was worth it for good old Fred. So thanks to me, the transfusion was successful. And the next day I visited Alan, Alan in his private room in the hospital which I also pay for. Hello, Freddy. How do you feel, kid? I'm much better, Mr. Benny. And as long as I live, I will never forget what you did for me. Don't mention it, Freddy. You know, Mr. Benny, since that transfusion yesterday, I feel entirely different. I feel so mentally alert. No fooling. I keep thinking of jokes all the time, and I owe it all to you. Now, please. Here, Mr. Benny, have a cigar. Oh, thank you. I'll smoke it later. No, smoke it now. Here, I'll light it for you. Okay. Say, this cigar is very... Why, darn you, that cigar was loaded. Oh, ha, ha, ha. That's my first joke. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, my blood not only saved Alan's life, but made him the comedian he is today. I thank you. <laughs> There you are, fellas. That little play shows what a heel Alan really is. Oh, Jack, I don't believe that big cannonball really fell on Alan's foot. Oh, you don't, eh? Well, for your information, young lady, he still buys his shoes from the same store as Donald Duck. Play, <laughs> Phil. Ease, speed, and mouth-watering goodness combined in one delicious new dessert. You'll want to try it and try it soon. Jello chocolate pudding with that old-time homemade goodness. Yes, sir, it's every bit as good as the kind that Mother used to make. Rich, smooth as satin, and real chocolatey. Full-flavored and tempting with a grand appetizing color and a marvelous taste. 
For Jell-O chocolate pudding is made with the fine, wholesome ingredients, the kind you'd use yourself right in your own kitchen. You'll enjoy every creamy spoonful, and you'll enjoy the other two flavors just as much. Jell-O butterscotch pudding and Jell-O vanilla pudding. For all three new Jell-O puddings are smooth and rich-tasting and delicious. And all three are easy to make. You'll find the simple directions on every package, and the handiest way to buy is three packages at a time. So ask your grocer tomorrow for Jell-O chocolate, butterscotch, and vanilla pudding. The real homemade kind. This is the last number of the 17th program in the new Jell-O series, and we will be with you again next Sunday night at the same time. And don't forget, folks, if you have not already done so, you can help fight infantile paralysis by joining the March of Dimes. You know, Mary, I hated to expose Fred Allen like that, but after all, what could I do? Well, I don't blame you. I'll tell you something else, Mary. I'm the kind of a guy that if Alan needed another transfusion, I'd be the first one to volunteer. Go on. You haven't any more blood than a piece of salt pork. Hmm. Good night, folks. Jell-O program for courtesy of Mervyn Leroy Productions. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs>